Hello everyone, thanks for tuning in. I'm Elise Mullen, host of this week's episode of Bookmarked and Dog-Eared, a podcast about writing and creativity. Today we're sitting down with Nicole Bartley. Nicole is a former film and television student from SCAD. Recently, Nicole's had some of her short films debut at the New York Liftoff Film Festival and the National Film Festival for Talented Youth. In this episode, Nicole will be reading from one of her previously unreleased poems and talking about the differences between screenwriting and prose writing. I had a talk the other day about how the absence of love in a home can haunt you for the rest of your life. You hold it in the empty crook of your elbow like a child. It interrupts your reading and your pleasure. The cure, they tell you, is to search for it in everyone you meet until the day you die. This will be a fun game for a while. You'll look at people on the street and guess the ratio of love they carry with them. Would they have extra, enough to give away? You'll wish everyone had to wear a sign on the collar of their sweater with a fraction. The desperation turns you into a lighthouse only capable of pulling in people comparable to tugboats. And you'll feel it. You feel it more than most things on any given day. The ache from a sodden clump of dirty laundry in the corner of your room, a lost and found of men stuck at sea. I wish I could be clearer about this crater. I wish someone would tell me they understand what I mean. And that's the end of that one. That's beautiful. Thank Thank you so much for sharing that. So I'd love to know what got you interested in writing in the first place. Um, It's always kind of been um, my outlet for as long as I can remember, even before I was um, doing film. I've only been in the um, film industry, or I guess trying to go um, be involved in the film industry for about two years. Mm -hmm. Um, But writing has kind of always been, it was my best subject in school, my favorite subject in school. And I normally, before I go to bed, I write a poem every single day, Mm -hmm. um, just because it's nice at least for me um sorry you're a lot of silence <laughs> by the way <laughs> but it's nice for me to kind of get out all the emotions of the day um through my poetry and through my writing um I tend to have a lot of emotions so like any way that I can kind of sort through that even if it's through like a lot of convoluted metaphors is mm-hmm. just super nice and healthy for me I think yeah, yeah. That's awesome. How does your writing impact your filmmaking and vice versa? Yeah, it's, I'm still trying to figure it out. I think it's a really weird um, line to walk because Mm -hmm. at least a lot of my poetry and writing in general, even when I write, um, you know, screenplays, Mm -hmm. it tends to be super, super vulnerable or just kind of like, the essence of my emotions which is super scary um for me personally I guess as a creative to try and translate on screen um because there's a difference between writing poetry and having it be like super metaphorical and then having to translate it visually to where you really can't necessarily hide what you're trying to say Mm -hmm. Um, I just have to be upfront about it um so I'd say a lot of at least in my writing with screenplays and um, in my first short film Roots, a lot of it is kind of emotionally what I'm trying to say covered with a lot of abstraction. (laughs) or just kind of strange, weird, complex Mm storylines that kind of make it easier to be that vulnerable um, through what I'm trying to say. Yeah. 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 
Um, kind of going off of that, how do you approach using the images to tell a story versus words? Like I know you were saying you write very vulnerable things. So is it easier to kind of use imagery or? Yeah, like visually, I because I rely so much in my writing on kind of the the action bit of screenplays and less on dialogue. Um, I guess it's it's translated more easily through body language or blocking. Um, and I and that kind of like is interwoven with um, the way I direct things, I guess. It's just I'm I'm very reliant on very small emotions coming across on actors' faces just to kind of convey what I'm actually trying to say or do rather than I don't know, my, I would hate to write a script um, and have a narrative of something that I'm trying to say and have it just be given to the audience through the yeah. dialogue. Um, yeah. I kind of want it to be up to anyone's interpretation. Um, when I did my first short film, Roots, mm -hmm. I have a meaning to it, but since I've talked to a lot of people that have seen it, so many people have different takeaways from what it is, but that's kind of, how I want my writing and my filmmaking to be is that you should be able to apply anything that you think it's about to the piece because obviously I have my own idea of what I want it to be um, but normally that idea is so like uber specific to my own experiences in my life right. that I kind of have to like generalize it in a way yeah. just to kind of be reflective of other people's experiences yeah, yeah. No, I think that's so powerful in so many aspects of like the creative field is being able to like, yeah, you're writing from your own vulnerable, vulnerable position, but also you want to be able to let other people maybe have experienced something similar, but not, you know, the same thing, be able to still apply it to them. So do you, is there like a fine line between like what's too vulnerable to write about and actually produce or have you not found that yet? Um, <laughs> I would say it's definitely something I'm trying to figure out now, I think. Mm -hmm. um, I'm definitely one of those people, and I've seen it come across um, in my creative outlets, that really is not afraid to kind of be like, this is what I'm doing, and see it whether you like it or not kind of thing. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's weird because you don't want to give yourself... Um, as a creative, you don't want to be so vulnerable that you're hurting yourself in a way. I think there's a very fine line of, um, you know, making art that's conducive to your healing or making art that's going to make you feel worse, I think. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know. I, As a creative, I really, really want to be as truthful as possible because I think that's kind of where you succeed in that um human experience and making people feel things yeah um, but you also don't want to kind of take everything that you've ever been through and just kind of like give it to people because I feel like that might you know not be great for you yeah. as a human sure um, yeah so yeah I would say that I do I try and be as truthful as possible I try and bring as many experiences of my own life into my writing but I do heavily um subdue it with like strange metaphors or like things that are kind of if I didn't tell someone directly what it's about they wouldn't really know 
But if you knew me personally and knew my experiences, you could see it through that, I feel like, which I think is kind of a good way to go about it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Is there a certain subject matter that you find yourself drawn to when either, you know, writing for film or for prose writing? Um, I don't know. For It's kind of this running joke that I have on myself that I keep making screenplays that have to do with a really sad old man. <laughs> and I like can't get that storyline. And I don't know why, because I'm not an old sad man. So I don't really know where I'm getting that mm-hmm. perspective but a lot of um, my screenplays have to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd also say that almost everything that I write has to do with a character that's um, oppressed in some way. Um, mm-hmm. And in my own poetry, almost everything I write with poetry is normally about myself because it's um, like a journaling effort for me. Mm-hmm. But with screenplays um it's kind of my mission as an artist to bring voices to people that don't normally have voices in media um I think poetry for me is a little bit more like a cathartic release but filmmaking is more of like an activism statement I'd say um so like Roots is centers around a deaf character Mm -hmm. um, and that was a huge aspect of it for me because I wanted my first film ever to kind of showcase um people that aren't normally represented in media mm-hmm. and a lot of the other um screenplays that I've written ha- deal with minorities or deal with situations that aren't normally talked about like like abusive relationships or just like a mother and daughter relationship because I feel like that's normally really unexplored mm-hmm. um in film but it's just things like that I liked um stories that people haven't necessarily seen before or takes on stories that involve people that audiences haven't really seen before. Mm. That makes any sense. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think that's super interesting. Um, You've mentioned Roots a lot, and I want to get to that, but is there um, a project, film or otherwise, and maybe it's that one that you've worked on that you're, I guess, most proud of? And can you talk about why that is? Um. I think it is definitely Roots just because it was, um, you know, the first short film that I ever was like, I wrote this and I'm going to direct this and it's my mission to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was nice because it was the entire crew was my friends and it was um, basically everyone's first time getting to do the position that they really wanted to do, um, which was nice. Yeah. So it was like everyone's because we at this point, I think everyone involved was... um, or most everyone involved was a sophomore, at least in terms of the um, higher up positions in the film. So it was everyone finally getting a chance to showcase what they know they can do, um, which was a great environment to be in um, just to create, be able to kind of, with writing and directing, it's really hard to see the fruition of your work because it takes forever to get to an end product Mm. like you really don't feel like you've done something until you're watching the very final cut of something which normally takes a very long time but with producing work it's kind of you're filling out paperwork and you're seeing like tasks getting accomplished right in front of your eyes Uh so in terms of like instant gratification doing producing work is really fun um and for coltanica i did a lot of casting Um, which is fun for me as well because 
when I first came to SCAD, I was a performing arts major. And I, yeah, I acted for about 15 years. So it was like everything that I was doing up from elementary school to high school. Um, So a lot of, when I get involved in film, I love directing because it's working with actors. And I feel like it's just being able to work with people that I understand. And with like casting, I feel like I, I understand how, what an actor can actually bring onto the screen, like stuff like that. Um, so it's nice. I just like working with actors in any kind of capacity in film mm-hmm. um, because, because I was doing acting for 15 years. I feel a little drained of it. <laughs> so having that like new spark of being able to be behind a camera and working with actors, it's kind of still the same joy and passion, but just slightly different. Um, so it's nice. Yeah. I've been able to work with a lot of SCAD filmmakers that I really, really respect and the work. There are a lot of really amazing film filmmakers coming out of SCAD. But yeah. Oh, that's awesome to have that community and be able yeah. to be creative with it. Um, can you talk about the application process for different film festivals and maybe talk about dealing with acceptance and rejection and from your experience? Yeah. Um, no one told me how expensive it was. <laughs> festivals, they're very expensive. At least most of the top ones, you're looking at, you know, just submitting your film to the festival um, can be like upwards of a hundred dollars. Oh. Um, yeah, which I understand because, you know, the judges need to be compensated for time and for mm-hmm. a lot of the time they can give feedback on your film, which you're essentially paying for it to be reviewed, right. which is nice. But it really does, if you're not working with like a grant or a distribution grant, something like that, it really, really limits what you're able to do for a festival run. Um, For Roots, I wasn't able to submit to that many festivals. Um, I submitted to festivals via Film Freeway, Mm -hmm. which I think is the best way to go about it. Um, And... It's also a super long process. There are festivals that I won't find out whether I got into until like the middle of next year. And oh. I applied like in, in like February, like around that time. Oh, so wow. it's, it's a very long process and you can't necessarily, it depends on the rules of the festival, hmm. but you are supposed to not release your film publicly until it's been through the festival circuit. So essentially I wouldn't be able to release Roots as something for public consumption until it's done with the festival run. But the yeah. festival run will be done until like the middle of next year. So it's it's strange because I feel like a lot of people that aren't aware of how like the film festival circuit works, it's, it's weird to see pre-production happening for a film and then know that it's finished and then not see it for like two years. Yeah. People can't like legally show showcase it until it's gone through that um circuit and most filmmakers of course want to do the circuit because it's right. you know connections and your film out there and mostly your name out there as a filmmaker mm-hmm. yeah it's a complicated and long process oh my goodness it sounds like it <laughs> um can you talk about I mean rejection in any career is such a huge part of it can you talk about I guess if you have experience with it, how you handle that and try to make the most of it and kind of move on? Yeah, um, I think when you're in film, it's kind of, and I would say probably any creative position, 
um, not just film, it's most of the time you're going to be rejected. And that's kind of the mindset that you have to go into it. You know, you should expect that you're, or believe in yourself that your work is good and that it should be accepted. But you also need to make room for the fact that most people are rejected in situations when it comes to creative work. Um, I would say I'm still balancing the feelings of that um, just because, like I said, it, it gets complicated when your work is super vulnerable or you feel like it's more of a personal story because then it feels more like a personal rejection and less of a, oh, here's a narrative and, and maybe they'll like it or maybe they don't like it. It feels more like, here's my narrative and will they like it or not like it? Yeah. Um, so you kind of, you have to develop this disconnect to your own work, um, which I guess is sad, but it's, you know, it's, you get used to it. I feel like after a while, um, and you kind of just have to develop a level of confidence in knowing that you like what you're creating. Um, so it doesn't really matter if anyone else likes it. Um, obviously you want to find audiences. You want to find that niche of people that are, that are going to enjoy your work. And the thing is that there are so many people out there that there is a group of people that are going to understand your work and are going to want it. Um, but there's so much like nowadays there's so many options of creative work that when you're pitching it to companies or even individuals um it's a hard process like it's it's hard to watch something that you really really believe in not be believed in by other people um but it's really just like a process of of trying and trying and trying again and i know that's said a lot in the creative field that you really are just having to try um, over and over again until you get it, but it's true. You kind of, you can't really give up. I feel like if you really want it to happen to you. Um, and I, it gets weird, I think, in the creative world because you're essentially, you are pitching yourself or you're selling yourself um, for whatever your um, creative work is. Um, so rejection is hard, <laughs> yeah. but it's necessary and it's going to happen to mm -hmm. anyone that's involved. So it's just kind of having to accept that this is part of the process. Um, it has to happen in order to be accepted somewhere. Mm -hmm. You kind of have to go through motions to figure out where your work works best in the field. Um, because some companies, if you were to end up there, um, would not be most beneficial to your work. Right. So that rejection is sometimes a really good thing because it's not the place that you need to be. And you're gonna end up in that kind of niche, you know, company, production house, or, or anything else in the creative fields that you're meant to be with the kind of narratives that you have. Yeah, I think that's so important because if you're just creating work to get into a certain you know, job or career path, then you might not be happy there. Like just be passionate with your own work. And then that's what's most successful. And if you get picked up for it, then you get to never work a day in your life. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think there's, there are 100% people who go into the film industry because there is money in it. If you can right. figure out what the formula is, because I would say there probably is a formula in terms of commercial work or what gets picked up the most yeah um and I know there are people wholeheartedly comfortable with doing that which 
kudos to them if that's the route that they want to do. But like most people that I think actually are focused on the artistry of actual filmmaking, it's you don't want to sell out and you want to like prolong a sellout for as long as possible um because you do need to bring you know money to yourself and food on the table so sometimes that's necessary but i think it's important to if you feel like you have a voice and you feel like you really really have something to say to never let that go and to never stop trying to get your voice heard because i think people like that and creatives like that um deserve to have a voice. And most of the time, if people are fighting to have their voice heard that that much, it's normally a voice that we need or a voice that isn't necessarily at like the forefront of media most of the time. So I would encourage like any creative, even if they feel like their stuff is way too niche or they're getting rejected because their narrative isn't necessarily you know, applicable to everyone in the universe as like some people do create art like that to keep fighting <laughs> to have your voice heard as much as possible because it's really important, especially like in the climate we are in now for entertainment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was just going to say, I think now more than ever, more people are finding their voice and realizing how important that is and turning it into their creative work. I think it's so important. I'm glad you touched on that. Um, so my last question is, so you've had your first short out, which is so exciting. What are your future plans from here? I know you talked about, you know, you've, there's some festivals in the future, but what are your plans? Um, yeah, finishing up the, the Roots Festival run. Um, I live in New York now in the middle of Manhattan. So I'm trying to figure out um, <laughs> how to get a steady job. Mm-hmm. It's crazy in the pandemic era that we're in because jobs are very slim um and film sets in general are obviously not as many people working on it as it would be Mm pre-covid um so that's the big thing but I'm also kind of I'm starting pre-production on my sophomore film and when I say starting (laughs) pre-production I'm doing it in my head and not really like I haven't started assembling the crew or anything but I think like emotionally preparing to start the process um, of creating another film is a whole like other beast of (laughs) a block to get over um, as a creative so I've started doing that I have the script written and I'm hoping to figure out how to get um, the money for it I'm currently not in school because of the pandemic stuff Um, I'm looking to create so this short film I'm hoping to kind of use all the resources that I have in um, allocating funds for that and just working through it but yeah I'm working on the sophomore film um, trying to get some jobs here still going through the festival circuit with Bruce Um, (laughs) and then just writing kind of left and right I've um, gratefully had some SCAD connections that have allowed me to write scripts for other people, even though I'm not in school anymore, which is, is super nice. Even though I'm, I'm not getting paid for a lot of the work that I'm doing, there's still, I think that's when you know that you're doing something that you actually 
that is fruitful and that you enjoy is that although there's no paycheck coming in for a lot of the stuff that I'm doing, I'm still doing it <laughs> because it's, you know, it's what I want to be paid for um, in the long run, but it's also kind of the outlet for any of my emotions and just kind of where I find happiness in. Um, and so I do it regardless <laughs> of the money. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, Best of luck to you on all of that. It sounds like you're so busy, but exciting things coming. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you so much for um, talking to me today. Of course, thank you for having me. Hello, everyone. This is Elise again. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Nicole and hearing some of her work. I wanted to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Check back again Friday, January 15th, 2021 for the third episode with Sylvie Baggett, a SCAD grad and writer available on Spotify or at scadtistrict.com. Thanks again.